Podlandia. Podcasts are the trendy thing nowadays. Everyone is making them, from major media organizations to big corporate businesses and from professionals streaming right from their garage. Are you interested in a companion podcast to Sex in the City? Well, there's a podcast for that. Interested in a long conversation with a customer service stranger? There's a podcast for that, too. One of my favorite spoofs on the boom in podcasting comes from a college humor video called Don't Start a Podcast. Oh, hey, guys. Hey, uh, guys, um, I've been meaning to ask you. Uh, I've been doing a podcast. Um, it's called West Wings. We eat wings and we watch the West Wing. <laughs> it's going to be super easy. Do you guys want to... Uh... You guys want to be guests? Throughout the skit, Zach is trying to convince Grant that producing a podcast is just another part of an overhyped trend. Thank you for thinking that this world needs another podcast and that people you know should listen to it. It's a bad idea and a waste of time. It's not a bad idea. It's, it's a good creative outlet. A creative outlet. Is that what you call an hour and a half of unedited bad audio from your living room? Yeah, why not? Do you think you're clever for thinking to review a television show? It probably felt nice when you realized there was a built-in structure. An episode of the show was an episode of your podcast. This has been done a million times, Grant. It's a bad idea, and your podcast will fail. The question about whether to start a podcast is a big one. While the podcast industry has exploded over the last decade, it's now become a humorous trope to host your own podcast with your friends. But technology has made the platform more accessible than ever. So the question still remains, should I start a podcast? I'm Alec Cowan. And this is Podlandia. Podlandia is a series by podcasters for podcasters and everyone looking to get started. It's a blueprint for building podcasts. On this episode, we'll be looking at the audio industry, what it looks like, and how experts in the audio field are enabling a new wave of audio storytelling. By the end, we'll hope to answer the big question, should I make a podcast? I teach the only audio class, the kind of pure audio class that we offer here at the School of Journalism and Communication. This is Damian Radcliffe, professor of journalism at the University of Oregon. And uh, I'm delighted to have the chance to do it because I grew up in a household where we had the radio on and speech radio on um, in the background rather than TV. So I kind of grew up in a household where audio and audio storytelling was just a part of my DNA. The history of radio is one that surprises. For a long time, it was the primary center for entertainment in a household. After the advent of television, which captivated audiences because you could actually see the world being described to you, many thought this would be the death of radio, as popularized by the music group The Buggles. For whatever reason, radio hasn't gone away. If anything, it's found some new momentum. I think it's for a variety of reasons. I mean, partly it keeps reinventing itself. So over the course of the past sort of decade or so, we've seen the advent of podcasting and uh, we're seeing this kind of exponential curve, the kind of growth of number of people producing podcasts, number of people listening to them. It's easier than ever to both make your own content, but also to be able to consume it. While technology around media has changed, some things have remained constant. A lot of our time is still spent commuting there are still spaces in which we are exposed to a lot of audio. Audio keeps having these different periods of renaissance, partly as a result of 
new technologies enabling people to access audio in new and interesting and innovative ways, but also recognition for storytellers that this is essentially you know, an incredibly creative medium. I mean, we kind of joke about saying radio has the best pictures, but it really does. But even past innovation, the use of audio to tell stories predates even radio. There's something unique about the way we hear and the way we tell stories that has given life to podcasting. Interestingly, the storytelling conventions haven't necessarily changed that much. So the way in which we consume radio has, but one of the things I talk about in my class and I do sort of a workshop on the sort of history of audio is that if you go back and listen to Edward Morrow's August 24th, 1940 broadcasts from London whilst it was being bombed during World War II. Trafalgar Square. The noise that you hear at the moment is the sound of the air raid siren. I'm standing here just on the steps of St. Martin's in the Fields. Or some of the kind of radio dramas from the 1930s and 40s by, uh, by Orson Welles. You know what that means, what anything means. Wait a minute, something's happening. Humped shape is rising out of the pit. I can make out a small beam of light against a mirror. Although accents have changed, although some of the language choices we use have changed their storytelling techniques and methods have not necessarily um and so there's a kind of constancy to that medium there's a kind of literacy to uh what audio storytelling is that hasn't really changed and i think you know actually it probably hasn't really changed since we were sat around campfires telling stories just using our voice and still you know having great characters, having to set scenes with choices of words, and so on and so forth. It's an incredibly powerful form of storytelling that has been around for millennia and I think will continue to be so. Throughout his life, Radcliffe has seen the waves of radio ebb and flow. Before the inception of podcasts, he helped launch the campus radio station at Oxford University. He's worked for the BBC and has a prestigious record in audio. But in his audio storytelling class, he's teaching students from all sorts of backgrounds, from people who are quote-unquote audiophiles, to those who have found the class convenient for their schedule. So what motivates people to get into audio? For those who don't have any background, how do you teach the basics? So the first thing is we listen to a lot of audio. So people will say, if you want to be a great writer, you need to read lots. You need to be exposed to lots and lots of different writing. And the same principles are absolutely true in the audio space. You need to listen to a wide range of different types of content to get a sense of the kinds of things that you like and that you don't like, and also to develop your own kind of audio literacy, if you like. You know, you start to listen to things critically and from that get a sense of how you might tell your own stories. Make what you listen to. Don't make what you don't like to listen to. There are an astounding number of approaches to audio, and what Radcliffe says is that you shouldn't box yourself in when it comes to your sound. I really try to emphasize that in terms of the the teaching, all of those people with all of those levels of different experience, uh, they're all welcome, and that you can tell audio stories with just your voice and a great script or you can go kind of full radio lab with this sophisticated soundscape with 101 million different things going on in terms of music and effects and so on and so forth all are valid it depends on the story you want to tell and on the skill set that you have so i encourage students to push themselves absolutely but you know they also need to understand where they are at to start with so that they can kind of improve in increments. I think the challenge is helping them to understand that all of those approaches are valid, that there is no one-size-fits-all solution that says, you know, if you have a, a great story, uh, this is the only way in which you can tell it. Actually, you can tell it in a whole myriad of different ways. 
The class is structured around several assignments, and each require different parameters for recording. Whether it's a smartphone, a busy room, and some require crisp audio from a studio. From Radcliffe's perspective as a teacher, the idea of redundancy isn't prevalent in the work his students produce. If you're wondering about your podcast being unoriginal, the potential landscapes for audio are diverse. There are many ways to tackle the way you hear a story. I'm constantly surprised that although I'd say about a third of my class every term is something new, there will always be some things that I kind of hang on to and some assignments that I've been doing for a while. Very, very rarely will I get the same story twice. Um, so I'm constantly hearing new stories and stories being told in different and interesting and innovative ways. And that for me is a really important thing to communicate to students that there's no perfect way of doing this any particular approach you want to take is valid and encouraging people to find their own path. The reality is that story is everything. Regardless of skill, regardless of production quality, the ability to tell a good story is imperative. Selective word choice, strong visual imagery. The important line in producing audio is finding an idea and executing it to the best of your abilities. Whether that's nothing but natural sound or nothing but a bare script, the opportunities are endless. So with that in mind, it's time for the biggest question. If I'm just an everyday person I'm really interested in starting a podcast. Should I start a podcast? Yes, why not? I mean, I think it's it's so easy to do. And there are apps like Anchor FM, for example, where you can record a podcast on your phone with a free app where essentially you dial in your friends and you can create what several people, including I, kind of refer to as a chum cast. So a bunch of chums just sitting around chatting, talking about the topic requires virtually no technical skills or sophistication. But if you can find a topic that is interesting, that will hold people's interest, then you can really fly with that. And it gives you a tremendous creative outlet. Um, what we're finding with podcasts is that there are so many niches um, and no niche is too small almost. So um, I'd encourage people to experiment, play around with it. Uh, I had a really, really interesting reflection from one of my students this term who in an essay kind of talking about the things that she had learned said that making audio had just made her more aware about her choice of language and the way she talked day to day and she feels that actually she's able to communicate more effectively in all of her classes as a result of that she was just so much more conscious of what she said and how she said it and how she could potentially do it better so there are kind of knock-on effects beyond kind of your own kind of creative freedom and finding a particular audience that just understanding and being comfortable with your own voice uh, can potentially unlock. Truth is, there's never been a better time for podcasting, chumcast or otherwise. If you have an idea, develop it and go all in. The technology and the audience are there, but diversify what you listen to. Experiment with your audio technology. Next time on Podlandia, we'll talk with two podcasters who did just that and are now making a podcast out of their very own bedrooms. This is a series from the Emerald Podcast Network with original music produced by me. You can subscribe to the Emerald Media Podcast Network on iTunes and SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also stream them directly from dailyemerald.com. Once again, I'm Alec Cowan. This is Podlandia.